Hello and welcome back to the Carson Daily Show, the crypto culture talk show nobody asked for and was merely canceled after last week's hot takes. This week, I'm recapping a near-death experience for the crypto market as a result of ongoing financial crises, Bitcoin NFTs, and the shockingly short-lived Web3 era for Instagram and Facebook. Let's begin! USDC seemingly passed its first stress test over the weekend after the failure of crypto banking trifecta, consisting of Signature, Silicon Valley Bank, and Silvergate, shook the markets. It was also a great stress test for people with their net worth tied up in USDC, such as myself, who got to skip their weekend cardio thanks to a steady 160 beats per minute pulse. Let me give you a little context here. Silvergate and Signature are considered the two main banks for crypto companies, and Silicon Valley Bank customers also mostly include crypto startups and venture capitalists. So what happened? Well, Silvergate Capital said on Wednesday that it would be winding down operations and liquidating its bank. Meanwhile, SVB collapsed Friday when depositors rushed to withdraw more than $42 billion after the bank announced it needed to raise $2.25 billion to shore up its balance sheet. And Silvergate was seized on Sunday evening by banking regulators. This was basically the red wedding of the crypto banking world. These three regulated financial institutions that were the friendliest to the crypto world all failed in less than a week of each other. That plus a hearty triggering of PTSD from TerraUSD's collapse last May resulted in group chats, Twitter threads, and speculative replies galore, all offering competing advice and varied warnings. Whether you hodled, sold, diversified, or committed riding it all the way to zero, you hopefully woke up Monday morning with your net worth mostly unaffected, not including, of course, all the stress-induced DoorDash orders. The universe did have to find a way to balance out that free cardio you got. Regardless of how your portfolio looks today, madness ensued over the weekend and USDC, the second most liquid US dollar pegged stablecoin, lost its peg. Dropping below 87 cents at one point on Saturday after its issuer, Circle, admitted to having $3.3 billion banked with SVB. No matter how you feel about pegging, this fuckery came as a shock because the digital assets ecosystem has widely regarded Circle as being one of the adults in the room due to their close connections and backing from the world of traditional finance. Besides USDC wobbling, DAI, another popular dollar-pegged virtual currency that is also partially backed by USDC, also traded as low as 90 cents on Saturday. Both Coinbase and Binance temporarily paused USDC to dollar conversions, and surprisingly, the controversial USDT stablecoin, which critics argue prints money out of thin air, was actually the big hero over the weekend, offering sweet reprieve as a safe haven to harbor our internet money. All the drama, excitement, fear, and relief behind us now. Crypto bulls, of course, have made the most of the situation by using it as an opportunity to preach and point fingers, myself included. 
The case for DeFi grows stronger with each failure and falter of the traditional finance world. Over the weekend, we witnessed the largest bank failure since the 2008 financial crisis. And as the crisis brewed, crypto advocates used the collapse as a chance to press on arguments they have been making since the 2008 banking financial crisis. Financial systems are too centralized, which ultimately, of course, helped inspire the creation of Bitcoin. And in case you still don't get it, let me be clear. DeFi paints a picture of a future financial system which does not rely on the big banks and gatekeepers. And some people are even implying that the government regulators cracking down on crypto are partially to blame for the fragility of fiat. Whatever side of the argument you feel compelled to, one thing is for sure, crisis advances agendas. We saw it with SBF and FTX. We're seeing it now with the failure of centralized financial systems. If you can keep your shit straight during the wobbles and react rationally, you're going to be way, 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 way ahead of the curve. You might even come out on the other side having learned something about the market and about yourself, even if that something is what your ugly cry looks like in the black mirror of your laptop screen. So hopefully no lives were lost over the weekend. And that's not a joke, by the way. These types of shocks to the system tend to unfortunately shorten life expectancies and funds are recovered. Now go take a yoga class, buy some federal stocks and bonds and close out of CoinGecko. Crypto lives to see another day. And if you're listening, so do you. Now, all this talk about Bitcoin in 2008 made me want to spend some time covering a new-ish trend that's also been stirring up some division and controversy among crypto evangelists, Bitcoin NFTs. While some members of the Bitcoin community are opposed to hosting NFTs on the blockchain, others believe it could help the cryptocurrency gain widespread adoption. The Bitcoin community is generally conservative, focused on stability and network reliability, with a priority of maintaining the security and stability of Bitcoin. I also personally believe that the Bitcoin community itself includes some of the more stable people in the crypto sphere, those who are comfortable being long on their investments. Perhaps it has something to do with the higher buy-in price, or maybe it's longevity as far as the crypto standards go, which give the perception of Bitcoin being more trustworthy to investors. NFTs, on the other hand, and nifters in particular, As a majority, I would not describe as long on anything, especially attention spans, which is why these episodes are bite-sized and which is why I'll probably lose some of you on this longer one. These are the kinds of people who expect the product, i.e. JPEGs, to pump instantly. They actually think that JPEG stands for just pump everything, guys. There are very few traders in the NFT and altcoin space that I've come across who have the patience to see a return on their investment, and even fewer who are able to separate the investment from the purchase of a product backed by NFTs, which in most cases is crypto art. So yeah, the introduction of NFTs on the Bitcoin blockchain could very easily distract from its primary purpose of creating sound, decentralized money free from government intervention, and we could find ourselves creating another micro-ecosystem within the larger subculture that is speculative, volatile, and filled with toxic personalities. And this, of course, could devalue the social perception of Bitcoin, while also simultaneously upping the value of my Twitter by giving me more easy targets. 
Two key questions to consider are whether Bitcoin NFTs will catch on and become popular and what impact that would have on Bitcoin's goal of becoming a global decentralized currency. It's too early to determine the answers to these questions, but some believe NFTs hosted on Bitcoin may not have enduring community value as they're just basically copy paste of Ethereum NFTs. But if there's one thing we've learned from the weekend, it's diversify your shit lest you be shit upon. Maybe the healthy competition could put some pressure on Ethereum NFTs to improve the technology to enable all data to be inscribed directly on chain, an offering recently made possible by Bitcoin Ordinals. Launched in January of this year, the Ordinals protocol allows inscribing of digital content like the art directly onto the blockchain. Unlike NFTs on Ethereum and other blockchains, Ordinals create an immutable on-chain presence of a piece of art, text, or video. Let's be honest, the term off the chain hasn't been cool since the mid-90s, and that more than anything should push Ethereum developers to get with it and stop being so wiggity-whack. He's on fire! Okay, are you still awake? Hopefully. Sorry for nerding out, but y'all need to learn something, okay? Class is in session when you come to the Carson Daily Show. It's not just all talking shit, all right? I like to bring something to the table here. Moving on, but still speaking of NFTs, Meta has officially announced that it's completely axing them from Instagram and Facebook. This news might officially make Meta the fastest rugging NFT platform of our time. Like seriously, they make 888 the new world look more legit. Typical Zuck though, late to the party and still the first one to leave. I like to take a minute every morning to stare into the shallow, dead eyes of his OG metaverse avatar and just be thankful for the things that I have in life. In addition to giving digital collectibles the axe, 10,000 jobs are set to meet their maker as well. Apparently, this is part of the strategy Mark is calling the year of efficiency. Is it really about efficiency or is it just that Meta would rather continue its exploitation of creators by using its traditional system? I mean, how is no one also talking about the fact that Zuck literally changed the company's name to Meta and has had L's across the board when it comes to anything Metaverse and Web3 related? It's so embarrassing, but also thrilling. And if anyone from Meta wants to come on the show and have a discussion about this, my mind and heart are open. Until then, I will keep trolling Zuck and keep paying the consequences by not being able to break 3,000 views on my reels. Am I still streaming? Alrighty, that wraps up my news updates and educational rants. Let's do NFA. The following is not financial advice, only my advice to keep you tapped into what's cool when it comes to crypto culture. All this talk about shorting and longing and financial crisis and bank bailouts in 2008 inspired today's segment of NFA, which is a list of movies to watch that are actually objectively good and either explicitly or inexplicitly helpful in explaining the blockchain, Web3, and general happenings in tech and crypto culture at the present moment. Okay, let's start with the big short. Based on a nonfiction novel by Michael Lewis, this film chronicles the real lives and actions of several financial industry professionals in the mid-2000s against the backdrop of the rise and then, of course, dramatic collapse of the real estate market. It chronicles the years leading up to the 2008 financial crisis. So besides the fact that Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, and Brad Pitt are entertaining as fuck, you might actually start mapping out your own financial apocalypse survival plan by the end of the film. Next, The Social Network. If you haven't seen this film, which captures the start of Facebook, then what 
rock do you live under? Honestly, if you haven't watched it in even the last year or more, you should. And while you're seeing it all go down between Zuck and the Winklevoss twins, just remember karma is real and cream always rises to the top. Also, Justin Timberlake's in it and he's a horrible actor, which is so funny to me. Okay, this next one is going to sound like a record scratch moment, but hear me out. Fantastic Fungi, a Netflix documentary about mycelium networks. This documentary is, like I said, an inexplicit explanation of the blockchain and how it works. If you watch this and understand mushrooms and fungi, you're literally 80% of the way to understanding blockchain, nodes, and hashes. Godspeed. And last but not least, if you only watch one of the films on this list, make it this one. Feels good, man. This dog follows underground cartoonist Matt Fury's Pepe the Frog and how he unwittingly became a symbol of hatred, racism, and bigotry. But more importantly, it is about the internet, like the part of the internet most people probably either don't know or forgot existed, and just how powerful that is, along with the power of memes, the mobility of digital communities, and the importance of provenance. Okay, that is clearly the most non-financial, not financial advice I've ever given. If you are compelled to check any of those films out, please let me know on Twitter, Instagram at Carson Daily, or tell me on the show's dedicated Instagram channel at Carson Daily Show. And while you're there, give me a follow, like, reshare. You know what to do. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I'm Carson Daly, and you already know what I'm about to say. You can't go a week in crypto without me. Carson Daly Show is a decentral media production. Written by me and my better comedic half, James Carr, with music by Woody. See you next Tuesday. Bye.